Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the Kicking Butt Podcast. Today I'm joined by Manchester-based Yorkshire beat poet Leon the Pig Farmer, aka Jack Horner. Hello Jack, how you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm very well, mate. Thank you very much for coming on to the show today. I'm Thanks looking so forward Look forward to hearing your poetry later. Yeah. I've heard and seen some good things online. Um, for the people at home that might not know who you are, do you want to give us a little bit about what you do and how you came to be Leon the Pig Farmer? Yeah. Um, when I get the other side of the microphone on stage, I'm Leon the Pig Farmer. I'm known to everyone else as Jack Horner. I'm from Yorkshire, I've lived in Manchester for 22 years and three years ago after a breakdown and PTSD diagnosis I began creative writing and that spawned a very strong thirst, ferocious appetite for creative writing Mm. and to get performing eventually and that is when we or I created the alter ego Leon the Pig Farmer who does the um the stage performance of my creative writing. Cool. Where does the name come from, Leon the Pig Farmer? It's a film from nineteen ninety two. Right. Which is the basic premise of the film is a children swapped at birth, artificial insemination, and eventually as they're grown up, a guy brought up in a Jewish family strong Jewish beliefs inherits a pig farm ah. so it's a bl- it's a black dark British comedy with yeah. some good famous British actors in it actresses and uh, I took the premise of that story after being in the army and working in other roles within um, home office and government sort of places that I felt like a fish out of water I felt like I was swimming upstream my more liberal left views didn't always seem to fit mm. they the, the the message that was being sent so not too dissimilar to what would be if a jewish guy inherited a farm that it, that produced pork <laughs> so there's that element there is also the element of because i'm an ex-serviceman that a friend of mine jason when we were um out socially f- used to refer ref- I, well, I think he used to he did on one occasion that i recall when we were out on a night out referred to himself as leon and that his job was a pig farmer Um, whether that was for security reasons or not he didn't want to disclose his true profession as being in the military and what his real name was but he he used that and it was anecdotally used throughout the year that we said to him as in the third person how are you doing Jason how's Leon oh Leon's good and he had a strong sort of Somerset like from Western Supermares he had a strong sort of like West Country accent so it kind of fitted so to an ode to military people having pseudonyms Mm. for whatever reason of life preservation, uh, which we did, or false professions, and to the film and my personal sort of feelings of being in certain jobs, the name instinctively came when I was asked by a promoter, where I don't want to go on a poster as. Okay. So that's where it was. I was sat having a coffee with a friend who was a promoter, and he said, right, I'm putting you on this gig, what shall I put on the poster? And it just came out of my mouth, Leon the Pig Farmer. We're in the Northern Quarter. And I said, right, right, okay, I'll explain later. It just came to me. I don't know what it was, We'd, it just came out uh, a lot of the military stuff because I was going through therapy at the time was very much in the forefront of my mind sure. um, a lot of behaviours that I was going through and everything else so whether it was because it, it was there current and I was dealing with a lot of things from the army at the sure. time um, I think it, it just came like that and, I, and it stuck and people were like that's catchy 
different but catchy. Yeah, so well. I just ran with it and, and I didn't know if it was going to stay or not. But I only use Leon when I'm on stage doing solo stuff. Right. Okay. Um, when, when I self-published a book, I did that in sort of my name uh, and I do stuff in music with a wife. So that's there's nothing Leon there orientated. Um, so it is towards the spoken word element of the things I do. Cool. It's the speaking of my written words. Yeah, yeah. So have you have you always done bits of spoken word or is it like a really recent Something really thing? new, yeah. Oh, okay. It, it kind of, um, it manifested after three years ago, next month, uh, I woke up in a police cell after a, a heavy drinking session that um, I didn't hurt anyone. There is no sort of triggers or any safeguarding issues that need to go on. But um, yeah, I woke up drunk in a police cell, belly against the counter, very disgusted with myself and didn't know where my life was going, looking at losing my job. And I needed to turn my life around and change a few things. Um, I then what followed was I'd realised that the months and probably years leading up to it, I'd disassociated from family. I had a lot of physical conditions that were coming out, which were linked to depression and anxiety, chewing, grinding teeth, chewing insides of cheeks, twitches in the arm, shoulder aches, limb aches, um, nausea and stomach cramps and things. And they were building up over years and they all came out more regular leading up to this incident. Right. And then I went to the doctors and broke down and... Um, Realised I was suffering from bad anxiety, some depression, and eventually I realised that a lot of it was down to post-traumatic stress disorder from things in the army and my behaviour, and probably excessive and binge drinking sure. was was certainly elements of a coping mechanism which wasn't healthy, and and I needed to change my life. Uh, I took the doctor's advice to get out walking. I walked around Saddleworth Moor up near where I live. Oh yeah. Um, started recording voice and writing a few notes down of of the horrible thoughts that were coming out of my head and put them down into some sort of journal. And eventually, with a cadence and my interest in music and lyrics, they started rhyming, and some of them didn't, some did. But uh, I turned them into some sort of verse, showed them to some friends, and went, all right then, have you ever thought about going to a spoken word open mic night? And I was like, mm, not really, no. So I'd started doing it and then right. reading them, and I got some good feedback. So I kind of went away, went on holiday again, um, and came back and said, yeah, I'm going to have a good run at this. I'm going to start taking it a bit more seriously after right. the." And that's how it kind of started. I had no real interest in creative writing. I came away at school, and I'll show my age, I came away with an English O-level in language, um, and O-level stopped in the late 80s, so it kind of um, gives it away that I'm getting on a bit. <laughs> um, but um, I had interest in art. I'd, I got an O-level in art as well. I, I, right. I was interested in the, the more visual. Uh, but I'd already had a lot, strong interest in song lyrics. I've, I've been following music and buying and collecting music since a young age, mm. very young age. Um, so there was always that interest and when I heard songs I was always as much interested in what um, the singer had to say as as to what the musicians had to play so um, that was very much an interest for me so I think that interest bled into into it yeah, um, yeah. and probably how I got an interest of standing in front of a microphone and pouring my heart out or how it started and then telling sure. people my point of views socially and slight politically but not too much more of an observation point of view and then how I became a vocalist in a in a two-piece psych punk band at 50 call it a midlife <laughs> crisis call it what we will but being a late starter to the party but yeah and, and that's how, how that came about but I've, right. all, I've already had interest in music and yeah. things but n never creative writing or storytelling was that um you know 
was the sort of writing down of your thoughts and stuff, was that uh, something that was recommended to you as part of like a therapeutic process or was it something you just started doing? Google told me that. Right. Uh, I, I got stuff out like you do, which brilliant the internet these days. Uh, and the parents were very supportive. Um, they were like, oh, why did you go back? We've looked and, and it's like, you used to like art at school. It's, it's a good form of expressing your emotions and mm. stuff. I goes, yeah, it is. And, and it was at that point where I said, I've already done a bit of Googling myself and and I've turned my journal with, and my writing, which I'd looked at, it was good to get the thoughts out. It's, it's good. It's very cathartic. Yeah. Right, if you're in a room on your own and you, and you want to get your emotions out, writing them down. And I've always said to people, if I write them down, I'll leave them and I'll go back to them and... And I'll read them as if it's the third person, as if it's my mate that's going through that. And what advice would I give them? Because you can never give yourself good advice. Mm. Otherwise, I'd have given it years ago yeah, and yeah. not gone through the, the years and the spiral that I would have done. So it was it was good to look at it then after I was looking it through a different set of eyes. And what came of those thoughts turned into the words, the written word, and it became into pieces that I wrote in four-line verses, four-line stanzas, and made bits up about what I was thinking. Okay. And then when I started my cognitive behaviour therapy, that came out even more that I told them that I was already writing down my thoughts and I was always writing down the negative and the positive sides mm. when it came out to writing down two lists, the positive and negatives, and trying to focus on the positive. So it came out even more then, later on that summer of 2019, right. that what I was doing was going down the right path and it was good for the healing. Okay, cool. Now, for obviously, a lot of people have heard... Of PTSD, yeah, post-traumatic stress disorder. Disorder. Yeah. How would you describe? I think people have like heard of it. I've heard of it, but like, how would you, would you describe it in terms of like what it is and what it does to your sort of thought processes and how you live life? I think that people, especially with my, it, it, it can manifest and it can be in totally different ways. Anyone can have it from any form of trauma. Mm. It doesn't have to just be like it used to be. People used to call it shell shock from the army because yeah. of battle shock and things like that. And that is kind of what mine was. It was manifested from incidents that I'd experienced in the army and things that I'd seen in the army. Mm. Um, and it wasn't just triggers to do with violence or guns or bombs. It it has a lot to do with guilt as well. Okay. And mine had a lot to do with looking back on things of deprivation that I'd seen in Africa, that I was in a better position and there was things like that that went on. Uh, it, it, with me, it manifested a lot in, because of the army had taught me a lot to risk assess, what happened then was I turned it into a problem manifestation that every problem needed risk, risking and everything would become a problem. Mm. And I would turn it in that... Um, I'd sort of um, be hypercritical of everything in my life and I'd try and stop something by um, c causing a, a, a risk. Right. That things that weren't a problem. So that increased my anxiety. Mm. And then that, when I'd reached a certain level, caused a, a level of depression. And don't get me wrong, there were certain things that would trigger me to get anxious and not violent, but with internally angry. Sure, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I'd, I'd, I'd get physiological feelings that would would be like that. It was never a case of I'd hear a 
car backfire or a door slam and I'd hit the ground. There was none of that. It was very much more dealing with the psych of guilt and that I wasn't worthy. And it came out in, in different ways of then losing confidence and then trying to resurrect the lack of confidence in drinking and getting out and partying more. So people saw a different face to what you were right. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, getting away from all the negative thoughts that I had. It, 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 it was quite complex in what was happening, but I, I just used to manifest problems and create problems in my head that I needed then to sort of assess risk and um, make sure that it was right. Um, and, and that kind of sp it spiralled and, and I found myself... I'd say drinking quite heavily yeah. on weekends. Mm. The job I was doing, I, it was quite political and, and I didn't quite get where people were going. So it was stressful. Um, that then raised my anxiety. And people are telling me that um, I was stressed. And I said, no, I'm just outspoken and um, short-tempered and things like that. And... Um, I just don't like what's going on. But I was stressed. I was mm. proper breaking point. And I was also um, covering it up at the weekends with proving that my life was all right by going out on benders and partying and, yeah. and other things like that. Yeah. And clearly I wasn't in a very good, strong mental position. Mm. But um, things happened and I realised that I was on the wrong path. And I... I, I luckily I was speaking to some people earlier on today, uh, an addiction thing, and and it's not everyone's not capable of done it, but I'd hit my bottom and I'd found the mental strength that I needed to dig myself out and change my life. Yeah. So I went through then initially a self-forced phase of abstinence on alcohol. I then got onto medication, and that's when I kind of got more clarity and strength to be able to deal with all the other things that was going on. Sure. Yeah. With with the um, post-traumatic stress and the recent diagnosis which in my way was good because it gave me a label it gave me a reason as to why, why you i was right. feeling like this of where the happy-go-lucky cheeky jack the lad chap from who was a teenager had kind of left when, when did this moody opinionated sort of person who was I'd had a storm over his head when when did he come into play mm. it's very slow and progressive but over time that side overtook the joyful side yeah. and life didn't become enjoyable anymore. And uh, it, I can't put a time on it, but certainly the last five years weren't good. And I, like I, I think I've, I, I think I mentioned before, I disassociated from my family. I didn't see as much of them. I kind of hid within other toxic relationships mm. and, and, and life wasn't good, but I didn't have the right strength or anything to get myself out of it. Right. I didn't think at the time I needed to. I thought my life was all right, but I was kind of suffering. But it, what happened um, where I woke up in a police cell was was the point of going, right, it's gone too far now. Yeah. Yeah. This It's got a bit extreme now. We, we really need to sort of like dust ourselves down and, and get a grip. I've got a good supportive family. I've got a lovely supportive girlfriend, now wife. So I had some really strong people around me yeah. that kind of helped me um, and were there for me and some friends as well that were were, were strong and, and kind of were going through their own problems as well so they kind of knew where you were coming where from where I was coming from and yeah. I could relate to it and um, I was 
never a big talker of emotions anyway. I was a bit of a stoic northern lad who just like gets on with it and jokes it off and brushes it off and Yeah. And and, and that was a problem in itself. Um hiding behind a mask of whatever else was going on. So I don't do that anymore. I I just tell people, yeah, it's it's not weak to speak. It's like which is a phrase of one of my friends who run a man gang. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, it's not weak to speak. He's, he uses well, my mate Bish, with his talks. And, and I get involved with, with men's groups, especially uh, and other mental health and veteran groups now, and just say, look, like yeah, we all come from this masculine background of the military or whatever. Or, and yeah. it's, it's not wrong with having a good natter. It's like you say, this kick you back. We're just chatting and we're openly talking and it creates dialogue and it creates talk. And, and something might inspire or stimulate someone else to go... Arnie, have a chat about that. Yeah. And even when it. I do the Leon stuff, I've had people in the audience, whether they be middle-aged men like me, because we are of a certain age, which I've mentioned before, but I'm going through what you're going through. I did a poem the other night about my mum and about an estranged father from a young age, and a guy came up to me and went, your younger life mirrored mine, mm. and there's anger there. And I said, there is, but there was, there's not now, but I focus now on how brilliant my mum was, not yeah. how bad my dad was. You can't, if you focus on that and the abandonment of issues, then your life will spiral and you'll always have that anxiety and negativity. So I focus on how good she was yeah, and how good yeah. my stepdad is. That's where the positivity is. So let that rain down on you rather than what's going on over there because that's not going to change. No. So why even bother? Just brush it aside, let it go rather than harbouring it. And that's kind of what I do. And I say, look, let's have a natter about it and just, just talk because you'll realise you're not the only person on that ship that's having the same problems. There's lots of us out there. That's it, man. So yeah. let's get chatting. And social, society, social media, pressures of work, of where everyone's in now financially, everyone is on the border of going under. So if we could at least talk and make life look brighter or seem brighter, then then it will be brighter. And yeah. and, and, we, and there is, gives you strength and there is positive light at the end of the tunnels. So that's kind of what my, what my book was about. I just wanted a product, something tangible to say, that's my journey in a nutshell, in a in a little sort of nugget, and it's called talking myself out of trouble. I did literally talk myself out of a bad place and trouble. Yeah. So um, if I can do it, anyone can do it. There's nothing special about me. I, I don't want to put myself <laughs> or anyone on a pedestal and say, you've got this special knack or whatever. I've not. It's just normal lad found something different yeah. and ran with it and found a, a particular creative angle which got me out of the mire. Yeah, don't have to be a book. Don't have to be writing. Let's talk about the book. Seeing as you yeah. brought, brought it up yeah. for the for the people at home. There we go. Uh, yeah. I don't. What camera? We'll show them in the middle camera. So talking myself out of trouble. So do you want to tell us about like camera three? There you go. Have a look at that bad boy. I'm <laughs> near my face there, so it's in focus. So this has got. I mean, I love the artwork in it. So I was having a little rifle through before. So who? Phil Wagstaff. Phil Wagstaff, yeah. Who, who is Phil Wagstaff? Phil, Phil's a friend of mine. I've known him for years since I moved to the town where I live. Um, at the time, he was an alcoholic, a bad alcoholic, who had a very bad experience in hospital with organs packing up and flatlining and things like that. Right. And he walked out a sober man. Um, I'd visited him and took him to cinemas when he was in rehab and... and other places, halfway housing and stuff. Um, and he's a very, he's a genius. He's, he's a very creative man with a pen, pencil and colours. He's very dark and gothic. But when I decided to write the book, I didn't want it to just be condensed words. words. Yeah, yeah. 
not everybody learns from words. People learn from pictures, whether it be some people from sound. So it, it, it can be, we need to be stimulated in different ways. And I'd kind of learned that. So I approached Phil and said, do you want to do a book with me? Um, we'll work out that you get some money, I get some money, but I do want to give some a charity. Mm. So um, I set up a link with it with a charity that they get a lot of the money, which is to do with, because it's very strong, it's homelessness and addiction people that have fallen on bad times. So I wanted it to be a multi sort of approach on what the book can do for people. It doesn't just help the people that read it. It then goes on and it filters on and ripples and helps other people. So I collected, it was all around mental health. It's a mental health verse. It's some of it's around military experiences. Something's around my personal experiences. Some of it's around experiences I've had since when I've dealt with therapy. Mm. They're all in a way short stories of eight to 10 verse beginning, middle, end, very basic storytelling, but they're done in some rhyme and, and in a poetry form, accompanied by the artwork by Phil Wagstaff, um, who who's a very clever lad. And uh, that's the book. It, it's talking myself out of trouble. There's an introduction. There's 30 different verse. There's a, um, it also mentions and leads into what I do with my wife now as the dirt, which is the music stuff. So there's some, sure. there's some, there's 25 poems and five in there which I do as lyrics, which I've turned to lyrics uh, okay. to, to go to music. Yeah, yeah. It, um, I do the vocals, but it is spoken word, accompanied by her, yeah. her, her music. So that that's the book. It's and where it's, can people get it? Where can they if get they it? Want to get a they can, sweet copy of this? They they can. Message me. I always have a few copies. I buy them off the publisher. I self-published it, but it's um, they can get it off me on any of me socials if they want to follow me and message me. But if they don't want to come through me and send money through PayPal or bank or stuff like that, they can go online to lulu.com. Lulu.com. Lulu.com, yeah. Or they can go to Amazon. I prefer people wouldn't go to Amazon. Yeah. Because I literally, and I'll say this, that the book... Off me is 13. Off a line, it's 15. Lulu take their cut, which I'm not bothered about. They're a publisher and they promote it on independent bookshops. Yeah, yeah. Amazon give me a couple of quid off a 15 quid book. I don't want to fund some some ego git going to space. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I'm all in... You've made your point. I'm oh, all yeah. in neoliberalism and, and people forwarding themselves on and making a better life. Sure. But if you've got enough spare cash to build a rocket and go to space privately rather than funding people's homelessness and famine, then, then you're not a mate of mine and I don't want, you, I don't want to fund you. Yep. So please, don't use Amazon. Yeah, you heard it here, people. Don't go Yeah, please. I know it's convenient, but go to Lulu. Um even if you drop me an extra quid, I'll come and drive it and drop it off at your door rather than him getting money and trying to knock on the moon's door. I, I don't know. I just it's, It leaves a bad taste in my mouth. But if that's the only place you've got and, and it, you get it cheap off there, then I'm not going to tell you where to go shopping. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not a dictator. I'm not harsh like that. But I just like to make people aware that yeah. um, a, a, a bordering trillionaire out of a 15 quid book will only give me three quid. I think it's disgusting. But I'm not getting into politics. I it's said I'd never become a political poet, and I said I'd never get into politics, which I don't wanna. But it, it's it's all around us, and yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's on Amazon. So, get it. Go to Lulu. Come to me. Yeah, it's man. Like, so the the artwork. Yeah. Did Phil uh, sort of see? Do you like read the poetry and then do the artwork? I I literally um, gave him. 20 of the 30 poems, because the last few were written while the book was getting put together. Right. I gave him a load of poems, and 
he just put them through his art machine and his brain and came up with this crazy artwork. And it was that good and detailed that I couldn't use the full A3 pieces because it had got lost onto this size, which is just slightly bigger than A5. Yeah. And it had got lost. People wouldn't be able to see that they needed like a magnifying glass, magnifying glass <laughs> to look at all the detailed etchings that he'd done. Right, so what okay. I did was I, I chopped it, for want of a better word, and cropped it into certain bits, which made nice framed pieces. And I got his consent with that, so it made more artwork, so we could put more bits in. Uh, okay. And right. then on certain bits, like thumb notes, I took his little organic natural sketches which was ideas mm. and i put that in as well oh, nice. because the sketches are just too good to leave out he said <laughs> you can have all these these are just what me little ideas i went they're going in the book mate he went what they're just ideas i went but they make good little thumb notes so when yeah. you're looking on certain poems there's some good stuff in there so we used a lot of it and nice. more than what he thought we were going to use and he really is good as phil wagstaff he doesn't push himself enough um, and and that's another angle of helping someone who's been a good friend of mine, and his talent goes to waste too much. Mm. It really does. Uh, and he's a big purveyor. He goes down to Mayus, which gets the charity stuff as well. So they get a, a portion of the money who help homelessness and addicted people. Nice man. So you, we were chatting before before we start recording. You're in the process of. Making some more. Yeah, I've got it. This is called LPF1. I try to do it like that factory stuff that went on before. I thought I'd yeah. take that off. Um, and uh, a friend of mine, Steve Riley, who does stuff on, on the internet, um, he put it all together for me. He he helped me sort out the pixelation and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's not just been a one man band, there's been a few people helping me out along right. this journey. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, he did that um, with Fluid Prepress, so they helped me. He helped me get all this together. But I've got two more that I'm going to do. I wanted to do like like a trilogy, um, but there's LPF one. Two is going to be dystopian. My view on this city and out of areas on with a touch of political observation with sure. with mad monochrome photography, and then the third one will be back with Phil again. I'm already shoving him. Um, poems his way for him to get into his head yeah because yeah. that th th that takes a bit longer um so he's on with three which is well down the line it's mm. it, that's well into the, the not in not well into the future but further down because I'm, I'm 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 busy it's like there's a lot going on. everyone says to me when they see me at gigs you're a busy lad you i said i know since i gave up full time work i've got a book i've got a cd i've um, i'm doing performing i'm doing talk to charity but i like to keep busy it keeps yeah. it keeps me straight it keeps me grounded <laughs> and it and it keeps me um my brain occupied mm. and if my brain's occupied and thinking all good positive stuff it's never going to seep back into where it was yeah but i think 3 4 years ago when it was at its worst it's 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 not going to go back down that avenue yeah. again so that's kind of why i like to just um Keep, keep keep ticking along. Keep ticking along and writing. I'm always writing. I'm always on transport, just writing a few lines, or I'll hear someone and I do a bit like um, of the stuff I'm going to perform, sort of thing. There's um there's a couple of social commentary bits in there. I like listening and watching people. And we, we're great human beings. We're creatures of habit, but we're also yeah. creatures of chaos. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you, like, so in terms of like, is there a set process when you're writing something, or is it just like you just saying and you just like bashing things down and it turns into something yeah or... there's it's there's, there's a, a loose well i would say that, yeah there's a there's a there's a process it starts off in my phone writing a line down i might hear a quote on the news and that'll inspire me to write something mm. similar or um 
or so or I might read something and go, ah, oh, that's that's a good premise for a story or for something. And and that yeah, that angers me. So I'm gonna write about that. Mm. So that'll be the first line. And then I'll just start and some people think, oh, is it He's always on his phone, him. I'm like, and I said to him, I'm normally just writing notes down. Yeah, yeah. And and I write them, I go home, and then I'll I'll put them into some sort of verse form, and then I'll cross lines out, which I think are rubbish, or something which I think that's too much, like has been quoted by Albert Einstein or something. Yeah, and, yeah. And it probably has been. It's just stuck in the back of my head. So I cross that out if it sounds too cliche and it doesn't sound original, and I get it down to its basic form, and then I rewrite it several times and keep going through an editorial process okay. until it, I'm happy. As in physically writing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and I'll physically write it down several times and then when it's gone through scrap bits of paper and ripped up and arrows and red to black and black to red writing and it's got other arrows, I'll then write it out in neat and if I'm happy, it'll then go into my book. Nice. Which is neater writing yeah, and it'll yeah. stay in there and when it's in there, it will either be a spoken word piece it could be a performance piece, which I'll do with bands or things like that. Mm. It could be just a piece which goes written or like some has become lyrics for the dirt. So there's several places where it could sit in the creative process. Do they ever like cross over? Yeah, they do, yeah. You just like, like pick one out and be like... Yeah, like some, some of the stuff I do with the dirt originally was a spoken word piece and some of the stuff in the book I've rehearsed off book because I do it off book when I'm performing. Sure, I don't yeah, read yeah. from a book or a phone. So I like to get the energy and, and looking at the people and, and do it that way. So it becomes a performance. Mm. So I um, spoken word bits will be written bits, written bits will be spoken word bits. The odd bit written will be on spoken word with music. And it, it doesn't just sit in one. They do move around a little bit, but some favour music lyrics better some favor sure. the written word better yeah. the more complicated words um and words may fit that better but some alliteration and some um rhyming fits the spoken word bit better when i start trying to tongue twist a bit sure so yeah. that's when i get caught out but they, 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 <laughs> they fit that bit better because it's a little bit more of i guess audio gymnastics you're trying to flip things about mm. and then there's some stuff which i just keep for reading because it's they're a bit longer and there's no way I could remember them in my head. Although I have got 47 in my head that I, I jiggle around and my sets are always different. Yeah. I think some just look too complicated and daunting to even start learning. How do you learn? Like, I couldn't do that, mate. I, I mean, I struggle just remembering to, like, say the first sentence of the fucking yeah. podcast. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. How do you, like, remember all those, like, I, verses? I start in a very simple process of most of my stuff is... Eight, nine, or ten verses long. Yeah. I don't like to go over. When I recite them, they're about a minute and a half. And then I segue, and sometimes, I'll, which I'll be doing with the performance stuff for this, I do two back to back that fit. They're on the same subject. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they kind of hit two sides of the mirror and, and what I'm talking about. But most of them are about a minute and a half, which is eight to nine, sometimes ten verse, four lines. The 40 lines, I'll start with four lines and I'll rehearse that. Yeah. I'll get that in my head. Then I'll work on to the second verse and I'll get the two. If I don't get the two in, I'll never move on to verse three and I'll wait till I've got them all in and then I'll build. It's building blocks. Just add in a bit. Yeah, one time. line at a time, one yeah. line at a time, one line at a time. Get to four lines, rehearse that with the next four lines and then build up till I've got all eight. And then it's stuttery and slow and I've got to refer back to my phone. But I keep reciting it all day. Like when right. I'm on the train home tonight, I've got one. I'll go through it two or three times mm. and it'll take at least a month before it goes live on stage because I like to do them quick and fast firing mm. and it takes a while to get them up to that speed. 
And I guess, like like you were saying before, like this sort of process of having to learn and uh, is like having to like focus your mind on these things. Sort yeah. of like keeps you away from the 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 other nasty shit that might yeah, be. Yeah, it does. And, you it know. gives structure. It's like a format. It gives me parameters. Yeah. And it gives organisation to me day, mm. so I don't feel I can go out and get pissed up on the night before and have an hangover the next day. I've got to get up because I've got work, yeah, which is creative writing, yeah. rehearsing like an, on an afternoon or early evening with the band, which is the duo, the dirt. So there is structure. There's a need to do something mm. and it becomes a new addiction. I need to write. I need to create. I need to do this because that stops that happening. And it's it's very grounding and it's, it's, it's something I need to do now that I can't let go. Yeah. So it's a healthy habit. It's a healthy habit, yeah. yeah. And it's it whether it be doing something on the book or doing something on a music. I've just had a, a lad approach me saying, "Would you be interested in doing an album after you've done an EP?" I'm like, oh, "Okay then." But I'd need eight tracks. I'm like, eight more." <laughs> Fucking hell! Right, okay. Then. <laughs> right, all right then. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, but it's interesting. It sounds daunting at the beginning, but then it goes. Ah, I'm salivating over that. That's juicy. That yeah, and it's a new project, and I've all, I always has a really good strong work ethic. So when you stop working, if you've got nothing to fill the day, mm. my old self would have been going right. Who's off today? Pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go to town, have a few pints, sit in a nice cosy pub with nice big frosted windows, and sit and and have a few pints of Guinness or a few pints of real ale, read a paper. Oh, brilliant! Sounds great. <laughs> Problem with me is I can't just have two or three pints yeah. when I was drinking. It was having a couple, or it was out all day and saying to me, mate, we're on third bar staff here now. Well, what's that mean? It means we've been over eight hours at least. <laughs> and, and and that's when you know you've got you, something's you, not right. Yeah, something's not quite right. Yeah, and yeah. You, you're shifting too much cash out. So, so yeah, it's a healthy habit. It's it, I enjoy doing it, and if I enjoy it, it puts a smile on my face. I'm like my face is aching out. I'm grinning. I love I love the writing. I love the performing, and I love as much, if not more, going down in my basement and making a racket with my wife. Yeah. I want it for part of the face. It's it's um, it's <laughs> not a euphemism. Yeah, it's not a euphemism. We're not way. we're not going down the wrong avenue here. <laughs> making a racket with my wife means turning the amps up and her getting a guitar yes. and effects pedals going yeah, yeah. and me shouting away like an idiot. That sounds great. So man. yeah. So no pun intended. Right, Jack. I think let's hear some of this uh lovely stuff that we've just been talking about. All right, yeah. Um, if you want to head over to the performance yeah. area. Trigger warnings and they will be swearing. Yes. I'll I'll, I'll <laughs> warn the people at home. There will be swearing. There will be swearing. Um, you are about to hear some music from our guest today, Leon the Pig Farmer. I hope you enjoy his poetry. Go and follow his stuff online. Um, we're going to be chatting about what he talks about in the performance afterwards and some other things. Without further ado, Leon the Pig Farmer. Hello, I'm Leon the Pig Farmer, and this is a selection of diverse and undulating verse that I've um, written. First one is called Reality Versus Normality. Reality normality will not be televised. Camp fear will clash with algorithm anarchists. I'm living in a boombox of bureaucracy and I'm staring at a scrapbook of unicorns and mirrors. The soulless will slur with a curse, crown jewels to the favoured fools. Kinetic energy will ignite the cast of creatives and I'm propelled into an odyssey of mischief. Newspapers stoke and poke the fire. adrenaline fueled assaults will wave to ambient light. Dry your eyes on sandpaper and a drop frozen shoulder. Let's smell the whiskey and taste the daffodils. Intelligence suppression dictated ideologies, a two-page ad-lib manifesto, a demolition derby of social structures, rewired principles force-fed by disciples. 
They've burnt the lexicon of us libertarians. A political apotheker of concocted aggression measures. Visionaries are concealed in cargo containers, but hope will shine bright in the dark. I will not subscribe to their fake-placated policies. Any interest and enthusiasm has lapsed and expired. Embryonic spirits groomed by corporate criminals. But I will not bark at Bedlam's door. Because they mould it bold and it's cheaply sold. A propaganda painting at a poll station. The Petri dishes are gutter of an alien nation. And I am going to gatecrash a trash party scene. Let's kick up leaves in Indian summers. Let's kick up leaves in Indian summers. Time to choke and strangle the oppressor. Under a blood-red sky, it will be time for a successor. Because they buried their believers with their melted souls. Dystopian highways are paved in fool's gold. The sellotapes on highs and hooks in skin. They've got abrasions on knees and their blood-clotted grin. They have fragrant opinions and cremated truths. They've reached their ceiling with its leaky roof. Catapult puzzles, hidden provocation. It's disjointed messages in their disorganisation. Where capitalist coyotes hunt in packs and the VIP vultures pick up their table scraps, offering up false hope with blood-killed decanters, hoping that the cesspit will bring everything to dismantle. And they create equations to create the weak. They mask their hide, their raven's beak. Alarm bells shriek and death bells toll. And they huddle and they cuddle, keeping us in the cold. And they market the mayhem and flog it in hordes. They paint their picture on advert boards as they wash away acidic tears and rip the script of satirical jeers. Because costumes are not created to deflect these failures and they are not the angels who came as savers with second-hand theories first-degree crimes incendiary solutions will implode in time thank you the second one is um, moving on from a political observation to me personally and what started my mental health recovery and it's called parole and laws links I'm a professor of sin. I'm a light-footed, tiptoe man. I'm the abandonment of all hope. I flew in reverse, avoided the rope. See, I'm a life raft, shaky and deflated. I'm an ego that was self-created. I'm a fifth gear, a steam machine, and I'm a psychologist, damp and dream. I was great getting in and bad getting out. There's twisters, hurricanes, electric clouds. There's rain and sun all in a day. There's no pot of gold because my rainbow was grey. So why did I stand in an empty room with the lights all off holding balloons? Why did I stand on a rocking chair with my blanket discarded and a chill in the air? I am the man in the mirror. I am the self-deceiver. I was a destiny creator and believe me, I was a self-hater. Yes, I'm surging negative. I am surging positive. I'm master of self-flagellation. I've got convictions for manipulation. I wore a plastic veil to hide the stare. I stood in halls of a badger's lair. I climbed trees, I laid in hay. A schoolboy error was the price I paid. Sentenced to gutters with time served. One in a million, the door is jarred. Tectonic shudders set me free. They let me breathe and made me believe. See, I'm leaving this Hibernian land. I'm treading in grains of volcanic sand. There is only one space and a comma between man's laughter and man's slaughter. Because I am the whisper man, there's no more catch me if you can. No longer a theatre projectionist, no smoke and mirrors or blue mist. And I can see those bulging eyes of confusion, misunderstanding my recent corrosion. Locks are broken, chains removed, the storm has passed, I've got nothing to prove. So they can go ahead, they can scream their sirens, they can flash blue lights, they can hide behind them. They can go blow whistles and muster troops. Because people like me, we look different when speaking the truth. Cause I did offend in the law's links of steel The bridal mask suppressed me squeals The cat of nine tails for thieves in gangs And the candlelight crevice offered one last chance 
The birch whip was broken at the scrubbing block, a silent system at the night watch clock, heraldic symbols of a birdfoot sign and the skylight view for the moon at night. So punish, redeem, or set me free from the solitary state penitentiary. Brand me left, I'm on a stone-cold floor. Smash the brass bell against the riveted door. The turnkey of time, the felons of the free. Treadwheel of the labours against bars of disbelief. And the barricaded walls, and the barbed wire fence, and the sandstone halls, and the critically condemned. You know, they threw me into a pigeon room. A desperate dungeon for this dogged mule. False failures will form foundations, and I'm the yeomanry of new revelations. So I turn the key, I turn the key, it's a life sentence and three cycles complete. I have jumped the bar to forge a freedom, I've took my lion's share of this uncaged kingdom. I'm no longer looking through fingered hands, the door's unhinged with a battering ram. No debt accrued, I've reached its mission, and they're no longer feeling what's under suppression. And I no longer deal in grape and grain, I fall, I float among the crashing waves, echoes and voids no longer test my sanity. Lesson learned, you can never beat gravity. Thank you. And this next one is called The Monkey and the Devil. And this is literally what used to go through my head before I started my recovery of post-traumatic stress disorder and therapy, etc. And there's one line in it called Saru Mokikara Achuru, which is Japanese and it's a proverb for even a monkey falls from a tree, which means any of us can mess up. It's just how we pick ourselves up. So that's the moral of the story. There's the geezer with a long leather coat, red paisley bandana that covers his throat, a tilted trilby eye so vicious and he lurks in the corner of my subconscious. He's a waiter to the world of my emotional dysfunction, he serves ready meals to my personal destruction. I accept his twisted malevolent suggestion and I dine on guilt and a bottle of correction. But when did I let him decide and wait for the bill to restore my pride? The menu reads like an old damaged story with every attempt to remove life's glory. See, this is Twilight Crazy Town. Why should I pay with my voice and sound? I dig deep and I delve for me nine out of ten. A three-course thoughts to feelings and to actions. And I will win. So I stop. And I reflect. And I don't collaborate or even reject. I'm intrusive. I ask my thoughts why. And I don't contemplate or listen to lies. Did he serve you? Did they get in the way? Do they deserve you? Can those thoughts stay? Never be ashamed of what you've done. Be punching proud of what you've become. I confront stories of a tiger and hunter, of milk and honey, and they make me wonder. A pauper farmer and a broken son, those of wild horses and what the army has done. I will fold paper into fighter planes. These are flying fucks to help not blame. I won't let the cash cow grind me down. I'm going to take back the orb and the thornless crown. I'll pour water on flames of suppression. I'll pour petrol on hope so we burn with passion. I'll restore cracks with glistening gold. We are unique histories in a story it be told. You see, the reaper sits with a rusty blade. He's frowning, he's cowering. Our futures are made. Here is a message that I will give to you. Saromo kikara achiru. Because even a monkey falls from a tree. My monkey fell from a tree and one day yours could too. And it's how you pick yourself up and believe. Because I took on the devil. And my heart is no longer presented without a black and tortured soul. And I'm instructing Lucifer to go and ride on home. I'll unhinge remove myself from the ebony cross. I'll extract those nails one by one and hold my hands aloft. So come on then, Diablo, let your dog off the leash. I'll stare into its gaping jaws and break its pissing teeth. The black sheep fingers are burned, still placed on a trigger. You're a darkened silhouette. I'm a lonely standing figure. So come on then, old Nick. I ain't afraid of this. I'm going to grip you. I'm going to choke you. I'll silence your snake kiss. And I will escort you from my party and vanquish you because this is my life. And you think you can Extinguish my candle in the night. I don't think so, Darken Prince, because you think you can shine brighter. 
I'm the fierce dog now. I'm a battler and I'm a fighter and I will not be imprisoned or suffer in a golden silence. The cemetery gates are ripped open and I will dance without a shyness. So let's sit across this table, Baphomet. You've played your final ace. I'm healing. You're deceiving. I spit in your face. Thank you. This, uh, thank you very much. And this next one is called Cutting Crew. And it's an observation of walking around Manchester streets and the changes that have occurred and how we can help other people out less fortunate than ourselves. I am sat where crack and smack once ruled. Another illicit activity ensued. A derelict warehouse, forgotten industry. I'm now met with corporate chattery. There are vans on show still, not them of dibble. They are canvassing the coat with pale ale dribble. There are Instagrammers after instant grams. Twattering twits, increasing fake fam. Vapors, fakers, turnips to knees. And those one stroke from turning Japanese. Beards and sleeves with cider and gin. Those on craft ale till a new trend kicks in. Oh, so why is it called the cutting room square? Any association to your crap peaky blinder hair? Your bag and bag of dip, you're blind of it, substandard. Mate, if this was the 90s, you still want to landed. I'm informed it's a centrepiece, a new public realm. This ain't Game of Thrones, there's no dragon at the helm. The copper green sentinels depict history. They erase Manchester's empire, replaced it with commercial greed. Because here come the Hitlers invading from bars and they're trying to monopolise with tables and chairs. And they aren't the clever with booths from their stores. It's a public place, you muppets, and they know the score. It's a fine line ensuing from what I see, vying four fake profiles or real IDs. There's low inflated egos and there's some self-esteem. This is the new ancoats of living and it's the Islington of dreams. But I tell you what, you can run, you can't hide. Here comes last man standing selling swag and some snide. And he's only after coins to catch a bus or a brew, but their people think it's for digging. They say, wait and make him move. See, the scenes during internet pleasers, this ain't about them. This is about the ever-expanding gentrified power dens, because where once was identity in a city's heartbeat, it's now replaced with aesthetics, conformity and sheep. Because Manchester wants had tables for dancing on. Now it's got pavements for sleeping on. We live in the shadow of the hacienda, where factories and warehouses become the helpless shelters. A city that once did things differently. We're all now just a vote commodity. A city with two multi-millionaire football teams, but when the scores on the doorways are just broken dreams. So if you go down on the streets today, you are sure of a big surprise. If you look down on the streets today, there are people in disguise. There are sleeping bags, cardboard box, ripped up jackets and shoeless socks. But this is still where the capitalists will have their picnic. Will you walk past or lean down to give them a hand and not take the biscuit? Thank you. Okay, my last one. And I'll finish on a lighter, happier note. And this one is about some observations around town travelling on public transport. And it's called trams and buses. And these are all the people I've met and observed and wrote notes down. So, yeah, if you're on public transport and you see me, turn away and don't talk. You might make a poem. Shit the bed, what was that? Have you never heard of a diplodocus? I only boarded the pink line to get to town the closest. Called the cops, I'm off me chops, came from a mobile device and his mate was banned from Facebook for posting pictures of his hairy arse. Discussions about Chewbacca, is it a dick or a dog's red rocket? And why does a girl's makeup run but stays on your clothes when you wash it? Debates about Jeremy or Boris, like deciding to be burnt or hung, and a young musical prodigy cup overflows whilst announcing good singers die young. An art student ate part of culture. He says it currently isn't his time. His mates sit bored taking selfies, then they board to another tram line. The girls, they're talking Lee's Festival and they're going to let their hair down, but Glasto's the one to name check, but it's just too far to trek down south. 
See, I jump off board at Market Street, I jib through the gardens to the station, and the only conversation that I experience is a choice of particular libation. Because down at Piccadilly, there's a moody side. Dog eat dog is prowling inside. He's knocking hard on Rapunzel's door, and she retracts her hair from this dirty 54. His sidekick Zebed is on his toes and dilated, and this fucking crank should be castrated. He said he's a party geezer from the 80s rave as he clutches two peanuts in a rusty suitcase. There is Duracell Dave, he's got a bag of swag, a triple A service that oozes from his bag. Crack pipe Carol, brown fall Phil, they're shaking, they're rattling, they've just run from the bill. There is Clayton Chris, he stinks a piss, there's Alt Town Hazel, mops up jizz. Drawls and Donna is Larry and Gold and Audenshaw Andy compliments her painted toes. So this is two tram lines with contrasting stories. It's a diverse theatre celebrates Manchester's glory. We're on three zone plays of beggars and believers and the yellow submarines of the Manchester's new age script writers. Until I join the bus. Because I joined the bustle of life's lethargic. I unmasked the classes, it's a world departed. I travel down alleys of grotesque graffiti. Heads are bowed and no one sees clearly. There's echoes in cans that bleed from the curse. There's box set brags and spoiler alerts. A lad's telling tales to light up a crowd. The lights were on red, but the flower's still out. There's diamond and painted fingers frame phones. Puffed up lips tell tales of woe. Tinderboy was 35, he said he was 30. And he's even got a kid, but she's still got flirty. And her mate's making olives and she's got tagine. The chemist was shut, she's making CBD. A fella's like Aladdin and a carpet vac. He's coming round after Corey, a spray tan and a nap. And Mary's got gossip coming back from the vet. Two jabs, she's standing, but her dog's on the shelf. Jenny's getting married to a lad that slapped her and Gary got divorced. I was full of laughter. There are grafter bants, there's football chat, but his van's got seized, he was grasped by a rat. The Amazon box pile starts to grow, but his house won't flog because the market's slow. And Wendy gets emails from a prince, but it's fraud. A husband gets them, well, from you filthy young girls abroad. And the cops are knocking on the house down the street, it's either unpaid fines or a terrorist meet. And Vanilla Ice starts work at Asda soon. He's going to get discount cheap fags and booze. The goth docks on seat with platform soles. And mascara runs cos a bloke's shoulder is cold. And fishnets are trawlers caught in spider's web. The ladders are so tall, but no one fell. Ten green bottles and Tina's ready for a fall. And the red's all gone and mate struggles to walk. And cats linger outside in polythene veils. There's no commuter chaos, no bus late trains. Smoke bombs linger in a skylight view. Tonight... One of the people I've just mentioned will be on BBC North West News. Thank you very much. I am Leon the Pig Farmer. Thank you a lot. So, Leon, where can people find your stuff online? You can find me online at Facebook, Leon the Pig Farmer. You can also find me on Instagram at LeonTPF71. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Leon underscore pig. And I have a website, which is www.thepigfarmer.com. Art. I also have stuff that I do as a, these words to music as the dirt. Um, and they are, can also be found on social medias, linked in with any Leon the Pig Farmer stuff. Awesome. Thank you very much. Hello and welcome back to episode 52. You have just watched a wonderful performance from our guest today, Leon the Pig Farmer. Well done, mates. Thank you. Delightful stuff. Really, really enjoyed that. So let's go through what you've just performed let's go through each poem and, and you know what they're about and where they came from over to you my friend okay um, this is where I'd say I don't explain my poems and it's for you to interpret however <laughs> for this that's why I don't put them in the book it's everyone texts whatever they want from them okay. however I will the first one I'll explain where they come from the first one is a political rant about 
how I saw the world during some lockdown and it was called Reality Versus Normality and um, Burying Believers. And it was just about, um, I didn't agree with everything that was going on. Um, there's certain lines in some of it which is suppressing the arts and there's things little lines in there to we do it one way but you can do it the other way mm. very subtly and and it's about that really it's it's one of few that I've started writing which gave me the inspiration to go on to my second book about a little political sort of framing a few incidents that I've seen on on the news and media and not taking sides but just saying this is how I see it and some of it ain't right um, without being Staunch blue, staunch red, yeah. staunch yellow, staunch green. I'm not in it for that. I'm not into political posturing. I, I don't want to have a political agenda for, for one particular party. But what I do want to say is sometimes I don't like packs of lies and I don't think two people should be treated in different ways and there's a lot better ways that this country could be run mm. and there's a lot of better things we can do. I'm not saying I've got the answers, but what I'm saying is that's a load of rubbish and that's not good mm. in a more of a rhyming political way. <laughs> so there's a few of them knocking around in my book now. And I always said I don't want to turn into some sort of political poet. I don't want to be the lyrical Billy Bragg who's very good at what he does mm. and but clearly flies um, his flags to one mast or some other people that do it as well who are very good um, on, on either side. So it was not about that. It was just saying, I've seen this happen and I don't agree with it, or I don't think it's right. What do you think? Yeah. You take away your own thoughts from it. I'm not here to dictate your mindset. I'm, I'm here just to say, I see this. Have you seen that happening? If you don't think it's right, then maybe do something about it. I very much so like when one other one, which I'll go on and talk about, um, it's my view on how I see certain parts of the city of greed and things like that. So it's about that. It's okay. what I see on the news or what I see in other forms of media. And... And I, and I don't agree with it and it's my rant in my anxiety driven world that I need to rant and get a cathartic release out so that's the first one uh, the second one is Parole and Law's Links there were two back to back there's two poems in there Parole which is in fact lyrics of the dirt now and Law's Links which I do them back to back because they're very much about waking up in a police cell being chastised being uh, behind bars for a night and eventually then going on parole, life has become parole. It's mm. I can easily step back into that world, not of criminality, because I didn't commit anything of a criminal charge. Sure. But what I can do is I can slip back in to a world of drink, of toxic relationships. I could easily go back into a lifestyle which is a spiral. So you're always on parole. Although I've recovered mentally, it could only take one bad incident for me to slip under again. Yeah. So it's like someone would be on parole. There, I, mm. I've got this non-visible tag in my head that it could bleep off if I go out, if I had to go too far off, <laughs> off, my, off my centre, my gravity. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of about that. Mm. And the second part of it is saying, this is, I'm on parole because this is what happened to me. I have been in a place that I didn't like. So that's the second one. Um, I'm trying to think of in the order that I've just done them. Um, the third one is The Monkey and the Devil which is a bit more self-explanatory. It's literally around the demons that go on in my head. The first half, the mischievousness that was in there by a monkey, but the monkey falls from a tree, and it's how you pick yourself up to believe. And the second half of that is me taking on the devil, which is taking on the demons, which I had in my head. Mm. So 
that's about that. And it's it's a good good story that says I won in the end and we can all win in the end. And it's that message to go across. And there's certain lines in that which literally say it's about suppressing the fire. But if you want to fuel the fire for the good, we can do that as well. Yeah. And about gold plating cracks that we can make it better than what the world is. Always look on the positive side, mm. which is what that one's more of about, really. Nice. It's a positive thing. Another one I did, Cutting Crew. I wrote it in Cutting Room Square, which is where it got its name. And it is literally around certain parts of town, which has was used to be renowned for crack and heroin dens and prostitution, which has now got a shiny gloss on it because it's newly developed and seen as a new artisan sort of area with lovely cafe bars and culture. Mm. But if you lived in Manchester long enough, you'd know that it's covered over the cracks. And I think that's it's a slight political stance that we, we're just covering over clack cracks and filling holes in the sieve or the bucket we've not actually solved the problem yeah. we, just, we just displaced the problem putting a veneer on it yeah, yeah and it's yeah. been displaced because although everything in here and the people there are having a shiny life and it's really nice because we're socially mobile what used to go on there wasn't so nice and it's not got and let me tell and that's what I kind of say is, let me tell you it's not gone away it's, yeah. just, it's just moved to another part of town else. to another yeah. part of town and eventually that will get developed and new skyscrapers and it'll move on somewhere else so we're not actually solving the problem we're just moving it yeah we're just dis- displacing it moving it around little yeah. bits and eventually where where will it where will it go uh, and that's kind of what I kind of say on that bit yeah that makes me think of like I used to be a student at the Royal Northern uh, yeah. on Oxford Road and there was always uh, along there there was like some like under the one of the, the bridges like like homeless camps and stuff they weren't doing any harm you know and I remember the day where they like fenced off these bits and didn't do anything with them they just put a fence over these like areas and like I think now there's like some fucking bars and shit there I was just yeah. like why they're not they're not doing any harm they're just yeah. trying to get by there's none of them were like being threatening or anything no. like that and it's it's that thing of just like pushing away the problem same near the mcdonald hotel yeah. up near piccadilly there yeah. used to be a big camp opposite that as well yeah. and that's all been fenced off and and all of that and, and you just think what you're not yeah. helping anyone no really. you, you, you there's tents there you're not creating a ghetto culture if if they've got somewhere where they feel safe with each other yeah. and yes some of them take drugs but their lives are pretty bad yeah. and and yes they're committing if, they, if that's the only criminal act they're they're doing because they're begging whatever and they're safe and they're all contained in one place which makes it easier for other people to monitor if that's what they want to do mm. you start trashing it and displacing them and where they've got nowhere to go mm. Other worse things happen. So why can't they um, have somewhere as a community or a small village of somewhere to go? It's not the best option, but if it's a short option, if, if we can build loads of cargo containers and shove loads of bars in them at expensive drinks, why further down the road out of sight can't we shove another load of cargo containers and let people sleep in the warmth? Yeah, it's It doesn't cost much money. No. But... There's, you, you walk into town and you come over from where I live and it, it's a, you just see all these big red lights cause, and that's the height of where these skyscrapers are going to go and so that there is a lot of money in Manchester Yeah, there clearly is because I don't know how much people pay for rent but it ain't cheap and people own these and there's lots of them so there is lots of money and I think a little bit could trickle down mm. to help people who are less fortunate definitely man um, rather than putting studs in doorways so someone has nowhere to sleep Um we're all one step away from being homeless yeah. in some way or other mm-hmm. um, or a mental health problem. So let's consider ourselves privileged 
and help out, out people out a bit more. Definitely, man. It's, we don't have to be too greedy. It goes back to what I said in the first part. We don't need a rocket to fly to space. If we can solve the problems out on this Earth, we won't try to get to another planet. Yeah, it's, like, it's true, man. Is it, is it so disgusting here, you need to get in a rocket and go somewhere else? Why not spend that money on this planet and make this one better? I don't know. Exactly, it's, it, it's a simple form and... I, I, I know that I haven't got the, all the answers and I know that what I said, not everyone believes in and some of these people may cause other people social and disarm, but it doesn't have to be that way. No. Let's, if we can give people a leg up. That's why I do stuff for Emmaus, because they give people a bed, they give people a reason to go to bed, a reason to get out of bed, they give them a postcode and they're not homeless anymore. So they get a CV, they get some courses and training, it helps with their addictions and um, it's a good charity and they're doing good work. And for the people at home that don't know um, how to spell it, um, Emmaus, I wrote it down here, yeah. E-M-M-A-U-S. Uh, yeah, there's there's one in Salford, I think there's one might be in Rochdale, there's one near me in Mosley, uh, which is a big one, big second-hand superstar, if you're after old furniture and other stuff, it's 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 great to walk around, it's yeah, just yeah. this mad den of bargains, and, and it, <laughs> it's, it's great, and, and I love going around, and it, it's been an honour for me to do stuff with them, and to give a portion of my book... Um, profits to them mm. so they can it puts it back into the community yeah man so yeah I enjoy doing that it's good stuff yeah and there's one one more poem in the performance oh yes there is there's one more uh, the last one was I put two together one that I wrote on a tram coming from the airport up through Withenshaw up into town and then I got onto another tram to go home and it shows the comparison and demographics of people on two different tram lines and walking through the Manchester again so it alludes to that and then I, I, I put one on the end about um, a bus ride. And so that's more of a light-hearted one mm. with a serious touch to it about people's problems in life and people using public transport. It's not a dig at them. Some people said, I'm having a dig at these people. I said, I'm not having a dig at them. I'm just highlighting what they've said. If they haven't got a voice and I have, I'll let people know. Mm. There's no named calling. I've changed some names in it, even so it'll rhyme. And <laughs> so there's, I'll to make the other name shorter. And... There's no one mentioned in it. There are just problems in society that are mentioned. Mm. So it's just put into a story, but everything in them is true. I've got one about the toilet walls in the pay right in Manchester, which literally is about everyone daubing in a black pen on the walls or stickers and posters. And I told us, I tell a story of what happens in the gents' urinals through, <laughs> through words of what everyone's wrote. So it's like, yeah, I say some things that are quite derogatory to men and women in a way that's like bitchy, but they're not my words, they're what people have said yeah, and expressed yeah. on observations. Yeah. So there's one about that, which I do. So it, it, I like to try and do a little bit of light-hearted stuff because some of it is heavy. Yeah. Like some of it that I did, the devil, and, the devil and the Monkey and the Pro one, they are quite heavy content. And if I did a full 30-minute set of heavy content, people would go out going, oh, Life's bad, isn't it? It's shit. <laughs> Fucking hell. He's really cheered me up. I've come out to be entertained and I feel depressed. So I feel that at the end, there has definitely got to be... A little lift. A lift. Yeah. So you go away thinking, yeah, he's talked about some heavy stuff there. He's also talked about some thought-provoking stuff. And at the end, he had me laughing. So, um, that's what you want, man. And that's kind of what it is, isn't it? It's like every every story should have a good ending. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's kind of how my head works. <laughs> with your structuring your, with structuring your sets yeah and all, it makes sense man yeah all sets whether they're 10-15 minutes or half an hour mm. tend to be like that if they're longer I'll throw one or two in the middle I've got one at about an airport as well 
called Flight Twats. Come and have a watch it sometimes when I do it. It's slagging me off as well as other people of their habits of going through the chains and, and what they do in airports, getting caned on a one-hour flight or telling me about how they got cheaper sausage, egg, chips and beans and, and how, how, what the price of their Stella was and do I come here often? I'm like, Mate, it's a one-hour flight. Uh, okay, I'm over. Can I have a, can I have a kip? Yeah. Uh, and, and it's 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 just trying to put it. I've got one about social media, Facebook, about everyone tells everyone the personal stories. It's it's tongue in cheek. Yeah, man. It's tried to make light heart of what goes on in the world. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Let's talk about. Well, you've mentioned it a few times already. The the project, the dirt. The dirt. So uh, this is with your wife. With my wife Sachiko. Yeah. And what's go on? If you were to sum it up in a little nice couple of sentences, what would you say this I'd, is? I'd say that if there was a sex party between suicide, spiritualized Jesus and Mary Chain, the fall, this would be the love child. Nailed it. Is that all right? Oh, that was good, man. That yeah. With, with a love child of a sex party between distorted bands where Sonic Youth then become the stepdad. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we've had a few bands knocking around and I will name drop, but uh, a friend and Louder Than War gave us a really good write-up and tipped us only after an EP and one gig to look out for us in 2022, mm. which was a really nice write-up. Uh, and they referred to it as suicide meets spiritualized which are two great bands mm. i've had the four mentioned more so because of my probably drawl northern spoken word rather than singing singing lyrics and it's quite hard hitting guitars with a thumpy bass that sachiko does with the guitars and there's a distortion in it so that's probably why the merry chain angle gets thrown in as yeah, well yeah. because she does get her guitar up towards an amp and screeches it and does oh, next nice. pedals so it is sachiko my wife from Japan. She's played in bands in Japan for quite a while. Uh, we're both two, 51 year, well, I'm 50, she, 51, she's 50, going through a clearly no midlife crisis and forming a band in our later years. She's been in bands for ages. I've took the Leon the Pig Farmer to a different level. And I write the lyrics. She creates the music through a massive loop station and effects pedal board right. with, with a switch pedal board. And fuzz pedals and she creates soundscapes noise loops some heavy um bass chords or guitar chords and she puts it through loops so there's two or three different tracks going on at once right yeah, yeah. Um, she won't do it as backing tracks it's all got to be live she's particular she's very organized and very industrial in the way that she works right. and, and it's brilliant and it works for me it gives me boundaries and and i come in and put the cherry on top and just throw a few verse and words on top of it. Nice. And it's good. So we we did it just before lockdown when she was over here and we put two digital EPs on Bandcamp under the name The Dirt. Um, it started to get a bit of traction and people were interested, promoters saying, when are you going to go live? When lockdown's finished. Yeah, yeah. So we practised and went to a friend who, up near where we are who've some good bands who've got a studio we went and put it through, rammed it through their PA to make sure it sounded right and then we went live in December supporting a band that we both love called New Candies which are a fuzz club record okay. uh, um, Italian psych band we've then supported Mark Radcliffe off Radio 6's Bandoon and a local band towards Yellowbrain and we've got gigs coming up all the way through the year uh, we, we're sticking to a DIY philosophy of we do it all ourselves and mm. um, we'll do a gig a month I'll still do Leon stuff and we'll eventually want to get it out to proper psych lovers and put it out on a, a decent bit of vinyl whenever that comes but 
vinyl cost money and time and yep. we were on a big waiting list like everyone knows so um, we want to we want to take it and do it seriously uh, we both enjoy it Sachiko's a very keen very accomplished and brilliant musician and and I'm happy to chuck my northern draw words on top of <laughs> brilliant talent nice. trying to give it as modest edge but yeah it's the dirt um, we're also on Instagram and Facebook so I'll plug them now go on mate go the dirt it. with a instead of an I it's a one if you get the Lee on the Pig Farmer, I always spout out about it. And on it's The Dirt on Facebook as well. I've not got a Twitter for The Dirt yet. I do it all through my Lee on the Pig Farmer one. But um, we've got gigs coming up. We've got a festival or two in the summer. Uh, we've got festivals coming up later on the year. We're working with a couple of decent Manchester promoters right. that have kindly put us on, that followed Lee on and have seen us. Uh, we're doing a couple of gigs in Manchester coming up, um, one in two weeks at the pair at on the 4th of March and then we come back and the next one's going to be in Leeds end of April we're on with my mates the Battery Farm in May and we also then go into a summer season a couple of festivals as well as a couple of gigs for my mate um, who have good labels sorry good promotion labels called Astro Elevator and um, Happy Days and then nice. we go on into the, into the autumn and we crack on again sounds good man and this little CD that here. little beauty is called Psychabilly. Psychabilly. That beautiful little character on the front is our three-legged toothless cat called Billy. <laughs> Amazing. I, I inherited him a year and right. a half ago. He was he was okay. found dragging his leg. He had a leg amputated. They couldn't tell the vet couldn't tell how old he was because he's got no teeth. And I took him in, and Sachiko moved over, and those two are inseparable. And as as oh. we are talking now, he's probably pinned her down in some wrestling grip on the sofa, and she's not allowed to move. Um, he's a little beauty. Oh. Um, and it's a play on the obviously psychabilly, the 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 bar, the, yeah, the yeah. type of music. But he's Billy, and it's quite psych. And where can people get this? They can they at the want. moment get that just from me. Ooh, uh, we okay. we put a limited fifty run out through Golden Believers Records, who 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 helped us get it off the ground. Um, he, the lad Stuart at uh, Golden Believers. We had 25 each. We flogged them within days. They went. Right. So I've just got a new batch of 25. So if anyone wants one, message me. I will post them. They cost seven earth pounds for three bits of spoken word and five tracks, I think it is. And they're not short tracks, so you get your value for money. It's a bargain, mate. It's a bargain. And okay. it, it helps me then um, buy Satchiko plectrums and strings. But it just keeps us funding. We're, we're DIY. We just put everything back in the pot, create more CDs. It'll eventually go into the vinyl. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we just want to make a noise in a racket and uh, join in the party with some really good psych and fuzz bands that are knocking around at the moment. Right. We've got a couple coming up that aren't announced yet, but they are going to be with decently European um, acclaimed psych bands from abroad so we're getting a couple of nice little slots and and if we get little gigs like that we'll we'll, we'll keep on plugging away yeah that's um, we, we like performing together it is a two-piece um i've started banging around on a set of sample drums so we're going to throw a bit of that in as well Ooh, mix it up put that right. on a loop nice. um and just keep it experimental and keep it enjoyable mm, um that's the main thing isn't it, it is yeah and um, it's good it's it's a nice enjoyable project to do so i'm enjoying it is it the first like band? First band, first band artistic project like that that I've been involved Amazing. with. Amazing, yeah. Nice, man. Coming to the party really late, gate crashing it. <laughs> as, as, as an old bloke joining in, but um, I, we're lucky. Manchester's got a very good, diverse, and mixed and accepting music scene mm. of all ages, and there is no ageism involved. You, you, I go watch young kids playing 
and starting off with loads of energy to older bands and the audiences are very much the same. If you get into the underground, anyone that says live music and new stuff's dead and they're sticking to the old stuff is clearly an ostrich with their head in the sand or, or the lion <laughs> because there's a great music scene out in Manchester. There's some great people putting on great music, so just get stuck in and it costs usually five, seven quid and I love it. And I'd rather do that three nights a week than go to an arena where I need my phone to zoom in and, yeah. and, and watch some band um, go through the motions. It's it's punk, it's DIY, it's it's great. It's what music's about, I think. Sounds awesome, man. So people at home, make sure you go and follow this. Yeah, follow the dirt. The dirt. Yeah. Um, Jack, where can people find your Lee and the Pig Farmer stuff again? Give them the little plug. They can find that. Me on Facebook as Lee on the Pig Farmer, www.thepigfarmer.art, where I do a blog once a week and I tell people what's happened, what's coming up, and I do it. Uh, we talked off air before. I do it in a very friendly first person sort, sort of way of just yeah. like, oh, this is what I'm up to. This is what I'm doing. This was good. That was good. Here I am next. This is what I've got to look forward to. So if you, even if you just have a look at that, you'll see where I am and what I'm doing. People tell me that I'm busy and I'm I'm always all over the place. I am. I'm a bit like a bad rash. Um, I get everywhere. Um, but I like that. I like being busy. It goes back to that industrial level of keeping the head going and yeah. just going out. Because um, this week I'm going over at Leeds and Halifax. Uh, I've got lots going on with Leon. Um, but you can find it on my Facebook page and Insta is where I mostly do stuff. Nice. I took a bit on Twitter. That's Leon underscore pig and Leon TPF71 on Instagram. Trying to remember them. Trying to remember them, yeah. <laughs> so they're all, if you put Leon Pig or Farmer or 71 in, It'll come which up. is giving away how old I am, um, you'll, you'll, you'll find me. Nice, nice. Um, I do have one more question for you, my friend, before we wrap this sucker up. Yeah. If you could sum this podcast up in three words, what would it be? Lost for words. Is that it? Lost for words? I like it. Last for words. I knew you'd be able to come up with something, man. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Jack. Um, I really enjoyed your set, and I'm definitely going to be coming to meet your gigs in Manchester. So let me know when they're happening. Can I just mention one more thing? Of course you can, mate. I've become the in-house poet for Mancunia TV, which we're going to be doing every month Okay. at Off The Square. I will be inviting down some of my favourite poets to come and join me in a very much the word style set up thing okay. where we're going to be getting you can buy tickets to come on but the first one for instance is on Wednesday and we've got Clint Boone in we've got Cy Wollstonecroft who used to be in the fall we've got uh, Debbie Ellis in a great photographer so it's an arts thing there's going to be two bands on there's going to be an artist I'm, I'm going to do, do Poets Corner I'll do a bit myself but I am going to be bringing in a really top spoken worder every month Hey, nice little plug for that. It's a new little job I've got, so it's it's nice. I just yeah, like to yeah. celebrate people doing stuff that are a bit different. And where can people find that information about that? Mancunia TV. Mancunia TV. Yeah. Cool. Sounds great, man. Great. Thank you very much for having me down. I've it's, loved it. It's been a pleasure, man. It really has. We'll definitely get you on again at some point. Maybe even get the dirt on. Yeah, maybe point. get the dirt on. We'll come in and make a racket, yeah. Oh, sounds delightful. Yeah. Well, thank you again, mate. And I hope everyone at home enjoyed this episode. Go and follow Jack's stuff. Liam the Pig Farmer, The Dirt, all good stuff. Um, follow us on YouTube if you enjoyed this episode, if you're watching. If you're listening, wherever the hell you are on the go, we've got different podcasts coming on every week, different artists, creators, interviewing them, doing live sessions. It's all good stuff, so follow us on there. Um, that's kind of all I've got to say. Thank you once again to you, Jack. Thank you, James, at the back, and we will see you all next time. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to catch up on new episodes every week. 
Also, check us out on our Facebook and Instagram at Rec Rooms, where you can find out about our other exciting music series. We also have this and all our other episodes of the podcast up on our Rec Rooms YouTube channel for your viewing pleasure. See you next time.